What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. We've got a great one for you today. We're going to go a lot of Phillies and San Filippo is going to come on, talk a little bit about the playoffs because the boys are already mashing. They're now four and a half up in the first wild card spot. It's basically a guarantee that they're going to be in the playoffs. But first, we got to get into a little bit things with uh, Kevin Kincaid about are we part of the problem here? Are we part of the problem on this De- this Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown media-driven argument about fans choosing sides because we ourselves are technically a part of the media? So are we are we bad? Are we lumped into this? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> uh, I, uh, are we the me- are we the media? Hmm. We have credentialed guys. I mean, who go down to the Phillies and. <laughs> The Flyers, and uh, you know, I still have a Sixers credential. Is Ant San Filippo going to be trying to drive Bryson Stott and Trey Turner? Is he going to be trying to drive division in between them about who, whose fault is it? Why they can't turn a double play? Uh, drive a wedge between uh, Owen Tippett and uh, Deschwayer, De however the how you say that guy's name. Who can there be a wedge that we drive between on the? On the flyers. No, I was just I was just putting an addendum on your latest offering for crossing broad, noting that uh, the ovation thing is purely your uh, <laughs> you hate the ovation more than anything. I'm ovation neutral. Every time this comes out, like people yell at us on Twitter saying, "Well, crossing broad's the only outlet that still has the thing with the ovation." I'm like, I don't give a shit about the ovation. Like, please just yell at Kyle because it's, it's his thing. It's not mine. It's not a thing about giving a shit about the ovation. It's the people who are like, "We fixed Trey Turner. We fixed Trey Turner." When I was always on the Trey Turner bandwagon, say like, the cream will always rise to the top. The guy got paid three hundred million dollars for a reason, baby. Like, that's all it is. See, there's a typo there on that shit there that I see now that I got to go fix in the middle of the show. So let me see if I can t- fix a typo while I'm doing this at the same time. Jesus um, Christ. It, it, well, I mean, yes. Here, I understood what your point was. Your point was that the, it just felt that the ovation felt like it was uh, um, in- inauthentic. Like, you felt like it was like. I think it was driven by the insecurities of our fan base being scared about what was going to happen if the national media and we and we booed and the national media made a big spectacle of it. That was my main topic. Then, it, you know, it diverted into a mental health thing and then it diverted into an anti-Trey thing and then it diverted into it being the greatest moment and the reason why Trey Turner is hitting, you know, 345 since August 4th. It's not because they've only played one uh, playoff team uh, since then. And have played a bunch of mediocre teams. Probably the Nationals is probably the second best team they've played since then. But you know, don't look at the uh, don't look at the man behind the uh, behind the curtain right now. No, I just yeah, and I don't. I look. I was ovation neutral, and like we've already beat this to death. I just wanted to point that out before we started. I, I just I think the funny thing is like some people come along and they're like taking credit for turning the season around, but the the yeah the Phillies are playing really good baseball before the Trey Turner ovation. So, uh, yeah, and the funny thing, too, is that the genesis of the ovation was a fielding error, you know, and then he came back and hit the, had the big hit the next game. So I don't know. But, yes, on, on to the Eagles. Let's get it back to the Eagles. I, I know commenting on my outfit, uh, my choice of wardrobe today. i got a lot going on. I've got a Wasp T-shirt on, Blackie Lawless, one of the best. Um, I've got a Bryson Stott um, Stadium Cup, Collector Series Cup. I had to get this one because they ran out of the cheap ones, right? So I had to pay $10 for this. It was worth it. Uh, Man, $10? Yeah. 
Yeah. For what would you would you get a Sierra Mist, your Coke? Would you get a Pepsi? What are they? Coke okay. products down there? Coca Cola Classic. Yeah, it's my like vice. I don't like smoke or do a lot of drinking or anything like that, pagan. But I go out and eat bullshit fast food, like every once in a while. That's the thing, you know. So yeah, we all have our vices. We all um, have our vices. Yeah, but no, it's good. It's like the kind you used to get when you went to like Turkey Hill back in the day, man. You got like a slushy or something. You know, and they had the uh, limited edition, you know, you get like Darren Dalton or, uh, you know, John Cruck, Pete, Pete Incavelia. Um, mm -hmm. But yes, uh, what were we saying about the Eagles? Um, yeah, this kind of, so there's this fake news story uh, kind of going around, uh, a fake um, pitting of wide receivers against each other, A.J. Brown and uh, Devontae Smith. Now, I'll try to set the story up as best as I can. It's a little hard to explain. We could play the quote. Top of my head. Okay, well, well okay. So let me just, let me just, so yesterday, Monday, there was a media availability. A.J. Brown went up there and Ruben Frank asked. He had a couple years, some questions about Devontae Smith uh, before this. And even at camp, you know, he'd been asked questions about like, hey, Devontae Smith is really damn good, too. You're both a thousand yard receivers. So, you know, like, are you guys competitive? You know, it's kind of this friendly competition angle that's kind of been going on at camp. Nothing crazy, but um, Rube asked about it. Uh, Craig, if you want to pull that back to the beginning and pull the volume up, we can play. Do you, it. Do you, AJ, do you feel like there is fans kind of picking Team AJ, Team Devontae? Do you sense that? Uh, not to even get into all that, but, uh, you know, uh, I, sometimes sometimes you see it, and and I and I have seen uh, reporters just asking asking each of us questions, and I, I don't think you should do that. I think you should just enjoy both of us. You know, it's not about me and Devontae. We're we're great together. We complement off each other really well. And like I said, that's that's another wide receiver one on the side of me, man. So I think everybody, the city of Philly or whoever, I think you should just appreciate both of us while you have us. AJ, do you feel like there yeah. are fans? So that just seems like it was first. The first thing he said was it, it was reporter driven. Like he called it out right there, and then at the end he got into the thing about the Philadelphia should just enjoy us, you know, why they both have us and stuff. Uh, yeah, so I, you know that was a diplomatic answer. Um, I, I I'm trying to you know, it's, it's very easy to come out and 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 kill the the media and say it's a media thing and all this stuff, but I think it is. I, I don't sense <laughs> that. Like I'm trying to give like Ruben. I, mean, I don't want to like. I'm I know to what you're trying to do. Leaf here. I don't want to like just come out and like right. my first thing is like kill Ruben Frank or kill Ed Kratz or whatever, right? I'll like I'll at least try to, to look into the context of the background. Maybe there's something that we missed, right? Um, but I, I don't, I don't. This one's hard. This one's hard to do. <laughs> well, I haven't, I haven't. I mean, I want to ask the chat. I haven't talked to anybody, or I haven't sensed anything among the fans that anybody's picking between Devontae Smith and AJ Brown. I mean, the overwhelming sentiment that I get. Is that people are happy to have two receivers who were going for over a thousand yards, probably the best tandem that the Eagles have had in, uh, I guess, since that year of Deshaun and Macklin, right? I mean, it wasn't that long ago that Zach Ertz was the yards leader, while you know Greg Ward and uh, whoever else was Travis on Fulgham. Travis Fulgham. Travis <laughs> Fulgham. Jeez, wasn't that long ago? And I can't remember. It wasn't that long that we, that that was going on, you know? So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know what the uh, the issue um, is with that. Oh, you know what? You know what the issue is, Pagan. I'm sorry, the microphone was facing the wrong way. There I was, um, yeah, I was. Uh, this is this is why right. Jalen Hurts will just nip this shit in the bud, like right away. Remember that whole there was that one uh, quote he had last year was in there, like, hey, you know, does uh, 
does Devontae get jealous that you and AJ Brown are best friends? And I forget who asked it, but they were just kidding around. Like the reporter was kidding around. And and Jalen just shot daggers yeah. through his eyes, being like, Oh, uh, we're not it doing that. It was just right a now. joke. Yeah. And that was just a joke. But even then, I think he was just like, Don't even like go there at all. Like, don't even joke about it. Cause like, probably understand that people take it out of context or whatever. But yeah, I, I don't, I, the only thing I was able to sense is like during camp. You know, there was some like innocuous questions about like, hey, you know, you guys competitive, who's going to grab the most touchdowns or have the most yards or whatever. Right. I mean, you're they're both like wide receiver one material. So you get the the friendly competition angle. But, uh, you know, when Rube asked about, uh, you know, team AJ versus uh, team uh, the Devante, I, I was like uh, like Scooby Doo. I, I was I looked at the screen like, oh, you know, like what the hell did I just uh listen to there you know because i don't i had not heard of that being a thing i don't think it's a thing um you know there's a lot of quote there's a lot of like quote tweets on that that clip that was shared i think slay uh darius slave like quoted it too and like criticize like criticizing the media saying don't start any drama so i don't know it just seemed like it was a media driven thing and there's really nothing nothing but to this it. is what i was so and i don't want to like you said i don't want to kill ed but like this is what i i just can't understand why why the article would be submitted to your editor. I, I just, I, I think anybody like, obviously there's like a hundred different Eagles reporters down there and stuff, but like, and no one's really talking about it, but like this was his, this was his tweet, you know, featuring the article new as fans pick sides between AJ Brown, and Devonte Smith and reporters probe their relationship. The Eagles receivers stay tight. We're great together. We complement each other very well. Here's more. And then you get into the meat of his article and three paragraphs down he writes, it seems like an agenda, perhaps media driven, is emerging from the success of the two receivers with questions about which one is better and if there is a competition between the two. Even fans are taking sides, it would seem. Like that's just that's a that's a bullshit lie. That's a sack of shit lie. Shout out to Bukowski. Uh, yeah. yeah we got it's stack, dog, I mean, dog it's dog. a stack of shit lie. Like that is a a lie to the tenth degree of like nobody in this fan base is taking sides. We've been through, like we just said, shitty receivers that couldn't get more than 400 500 yards a year and now we have two that are getting eclipsing a thousand like yeah, nobody I, is taking side no i know i know i i do not sense any of that at all i do think you get to a point in the summer where training camp's over and uh you know you got like that week or two before the regular season begins and there's just nothing to talk about there's cool, no we'll find a feature story then there's, I don't no, know. <laughs> there's no questions to ask there's no talk to the fucking janitor in the novacare complex and be yeah. like hey how's how's jalen hurts as a person or you know do, yeah. do something like you have enough people on the payroll that you can find a feature story. And maybe this is, you know, even maybe Eagles reporters even even run out of things to talk about, which is crazy to think yeah, about. Yeah, you know, it's funny, too. Is like, I don't know if you notice this. Maybe I noticed it more from a media perspective, but I'm, I'm curious to see if fans realize this as well. But, you know, there's 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 always like a lot of reporters down there. You know, you get these quote sheets back. Or you watch like the Eagles uh, media availabilities on on the Twitter page or whatever, all the stuff that fans can watch and non-credentialed media can watch. And it always, it does seem like that group of, there's like a group of like six or seven guys down there who are always asking the questions. Uh, and, you know, some Eagles beats who are down there who like never ask any questions. And um, I don't know, it's just interesting because I feel like there's stuff that's the, like, sometimes they just feel like they need to, they need to ask a question just because they have to talk. You know, like I was always like, I don't have anything to ask. I'm going to let somebody else ask a question, but it's yeah. very I don't know. It's like guys who sit in the front row and they kind of like yell over each other and it's, yeah. it's, it's competitive and whatever. But then I think it results in you just kind of like you ask these questions that probably just 
don't have to be asked, you know? There's definitely some ego in it, and there's definitely young guys that want to make a, not only an impression on the coach and stuff, but they want to make an impression on the fan base being like, okay, uh, you know, uh, just using him because he's young, Josh Tolentino. I would say the same thing about um, name, a, name a young guy who's on the Sixers beat um, who we just had on. Austin. Austin, yeah, Austin Crow. Like, if I was if I was in those kind of scrums and everything, and I wanted, you know, my not only my Twitter followers and my social media followers to increase, my name being out there all the time, and that I ask good questions. I mean, if I was a young guy, I would always just, yeah. you know, shout. Like, you know, your Bodners, you you mentioned this, I think, when we first started this, is like Bodner rarely, rarely ever asks a question, but he's one of the most respected Sixers beats, I would mm. say, on that beat. That's true. Yeah, that's a good example. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Derek would, was kind of like a wallflower in, in those uh, media availabilities, you know? Like, he, yeah, he would only ask maybe like once every other, you know, uh, you know, presser or something like that. But that's why I like what we do, because if there's just, you know, we just kind of shift from thing to thing. If there's nothing to write about the, the Sixers, there's nothing to write about the Sixers, you know? So that's why I, like, I would much rather do this and be like a one-sport beat, because I think like these Eagles guys just get stuck looking for stuff to write about, and then you end up kind of manufacturing some bullshit like this that's just a media creation. So, you know, nothing nothing personal against those guys, but it's like, because I like, like Ru- Ruben Frank is not a hot take, um, you know, like shit stir or whatever. He had know, the- he's, been, he's been starting a little bit. He had that whole Jalen Carter thing. Yeah, I guess he did. I guess he did have the Jalen Carter. Thing. That was kind of strange. But but I mean, like in general, he's not like a, he doesn't go on Twitter and say like, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, they should trade Trey Turner for, um, you know, Juan Soto or something. Right. I think I think Julio actually did say that, right? <laughs> so, so yeah, but that's my point. I don't, I don't think he or Ed are, are like that. But yeah, I mean, you just get to a point of the summer. It's like, oh, it's just fucking get to the games, you know. Here, and then you avoid stuff like this happening, you know. Breaking news: the Eagles have released wide receiver Greg Ward. Hmm. Greg Ward, man, had some big catches for the team back when they were um... that 2019. It was, he was like the only guy you rely on. Yeah, yeah. That, that Washington catch, I think that got yeah. him into the playoffs. Is that the one that I'm thinking of? Yeah. I mean, he was a trooper, man. I, yeah, he was a pretty good player. I just um, – good success story, I think, too, but just kind of squeezed out, you know, when you got this much talent on the team. Today is cut-down day, right? Today is cut-down day. So yeah, far, right. Devin Allen, Teron Jackson, Greg Ward, and Brady Russell, who I don't know who the hell Brady Russell is. Oh, um, okay. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Any surprise? I don't think there's going to be any surprises, right? I mean, it's just, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, when T-Mac was on last week, he basically thought the only position battle that was unresolved was uh, was safety, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that was more of like, you know, who's starting and who's not. I don't know if there's going to be any surprise cuts there. Um, as we'll find out. But I think it's pretty straightforward, you know. Maybe later today I'll give you my 53-man oh. roster project, projection. Uh, is this a re- – this- wow, Britton Covey got released. Okay, that's surprising. No, who's going to return punts? Uh, I guess they're hoping Allen clears waivers now. Yeah, like that this doesn't make any sense. Why would they cut both Devin Allen and both Britton Covey? Is that what they said? Is that what was reported? Out there? Just, I'm looking at it right now. Per Jeff McLean, Britton Covey got cut, and Devin Allen apparently got yeah. cut. Um, Maybe they got another guy they have in mind, you know, or maybe somebody just stand there and do fair catches, you know, with the new Isaiah Rogers. Is he getting exonerated? <laughs> Does Howie know something no one else knows? Um, um, I don't know. Maybe Anthony San Francisco knows something about. It. Should we bring him on? Yeah, of course how's, I. How's of course going? I know. Of course I know. Because you guys um, are forgetting. You got. You guys are forgetting 
Mr. St. Joseph's Prep, oh. all immediately Zacchaeus, who oh, will yeah. be returning, kicks. Yeah. Did he return kicks during the preseason? I'll be honest with you. I I, I watched <laughs> one eye on the preseason games. I watched not one preseason game, so I could not yeah. tell you if he did at all for the Eagles, but he has in the past several times returned. Okay. So. Yeah. All, all right. right. Okay. There the you prep. Go. What's going on with the prep? I heard you guys lost the other Yeah, game. to IMG, 17-14. They didn't just lose. 17-14. How's that an annihilation? 17 to 14. I mean, when prep wants to compete with the big boys, you got to show up. You know, if you want to be a national powerhouse, you can't just recruit from Maryland, New Jersey, Delaware, all that (laughs) stuff. You got to recruit from the Floridas and the Texases, and you got to get them in. The prep's got to step it up here. Well, I mean, what are you guys going to do? Go Where are you going to go from here? You're going to go back to beating up on, like, uh, you know, Frank, Frankfurt and Simon they'll, they'll, they'll win another state championship. Don't worry about they it. They will. They will. Because there's a there's a, a feeder system of former Eagles linebackers and Eagles safeties. Dude, this into, uh, this summer, this I teach a class there in the summertime, um, and I had the younger Harrison, Jet. Mm. His name's Jet Harrison. Is he better? Um, Kid is in kid is in seventh grade, right? He's going to be. I just turned thirteen. Whatever. He's already like you could just you could just tell like we're out at, you know outside during lunchtime playing football and stuff. The kid is just another level. So is he just mossing children on like the, it's on, it's unbelievable. It's just like unbelievable. Like the 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 genes in that family because you know his older you know his dad of course and then his older brothers at Ohio State. Um, he's he's going to be the next in line and he's going to be a he's going to be a stud and then one of the nicest kids ever like just a just a great kid too so yeah so where do we where do we want to go with that because there's a bunch of good topics to talk about today there's um there's some flyer stuff there's some philly stuff whatever you guys want um all right let's do let's do this real quick brian boucher is going to replace keith jones on tnt boosh uh, my still hold still holds the modern day shutout streak. Yeah, I mean that hasn't been broken. Yes, yet. yeah, that's a tough. That's gonna be a tough one to break too. Are we counting like nineteen twenty eight when that guy from the Canadians had like yeah. six yeah, shutouts? No, no. no, modern day modern day shutout streak. Look, I mean it was during an era where the game was more defensive than it is now. You were allowed to get away with a lot more. Yeah. Um, you know, it was the old clutch and grab era of hockey. Um, I don't think it's if look if a goalie goes five plus games now in a row without giving up a goal, that's pretty incredible in this day and age. Yeah, it, it just there's just yeah. higher scoring today. So I until the rules change to make it to allow for more defense again, if that ever does happen, Bush is going to hold that record for a pretty long time. Until Sammy Erson gets in the net and claims <laughs> the starting job next year. So what do you yeah. think? Uh, yeah, I mean, what do you think of Bush going to? Going Nash. I mean, I always thought he was pretty good, right? And I'm I like, he's, who's, who's, I mean, is there a chance that they do like a, I, I guess the thing that people are kind of theorizing is that like he could, you know, do the local thing like Jonesy did too, if his, if the schedule allows it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that ultimately is, you know, what NBC Sports Philly wants. Um, I know that they've been trying to work on that this summer, whether or not it gets, you know, they land that plane will, will, I think will have to depend on, um, you know his schedule uh like like jonesy bush has moved out of the area um he moved back up to new england uh, rhode island where he's from um and jonesy had moved to florida so they both sold their south jersey homes 
Um, and yet Jonesy was still able to do what he did for the Flyers. Like he would fly in, stay at stay at a hotel, you know, and then you know go do his national gig and then fly back and fly. So he was all over the place, like just jet setting all over all over the place. Well, Bush has you know he moved back to Rhode Island, but if you're just a national guy, you really only have like one to two games a week. So it's not like you have to be away from home as much as like Jonesy was when he was up here. Um, so I think that you're you're looking at a situation where does Bush want to do that crazy travel schedule that Jonesy had, or is he willing to you know him and his wife move back to this area um, and, and, and like make this their home base uh, and then do the you know most of the Flyers games and and then you know go out and do his national gig on TNT. Um, he's pretty good. I mean, he's uh, you know, Bush is 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 really a solid broadcaster. Um, I think that he's a little bit more serious, maybe on TV than he is in person. Um, that doesn't that's not a bad thing. It means that he's you know taking the job seriously. He's not out there to be a clown. Um, but I think that he has a lot, even some more personality than than maybe it shines through on uh, on TV. And what the fuck I, are you doing, Peg? And you're like rolling your eyes over. Here. This is you're riveting rolling. conversation about Bush's logistics and if he's going to come back to Florida. You asked. Oh, it's interesting shit. I you asked. asked. About you got Trey Turner stuff to talk about. Bryce Harper is on a is like the hottest hitter in in baseball. There's plenty of baseball. And we're talking about Bush. There's plenty the of show. We're going to squeeze in the Flyers topic because it's short, and then we're going to segue out of that into baseball. Don't make me teach you how to run the show here. Continue. Keep, Carry keep, on. Keep your audience, man. Keep your audience hanging. You know, you're five. Yeah. God. The Boosh conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think I think ultimately, Kev. That, you know, to make a long story short, I think that they want him to be the local guy. It's just a matter. It was just a matter of finding you know, if the schedules would work. And probably they wanted to let TNT make the announcement that he was going to be the between yeah. the uh, between the benches guy first, uh, and then make an announcement locally. So I, I do think you'll probably see something here within the next week where the Flyers are going to uh, officially announce who their their new uh, broadcasters are. I would leak it to Rush Joy of the Snow the Goalie podcast. Anyway, Pagan, go ahead, man. What do you want to talk about? You can go ahead. You got anything else on on yeah. hockey there, Pete? I'm good. I'm, I'm I fucking good hate. Nobody cares about the flyers. Until, you know? until Mitch Cop comes over, I'm probably pretty good on the. Uh, he on got the benched. Did he? All right, he got, was a healthy healthy scratch. You uh, care about that? You care nah. that he's a healthy scratch in the KHL? Nah, there's probably some some Russian collusion going on with another KHL team or something like that. They're probably trying to keep him over there. The Flyers pissed him off or something. It's something something. Maybe maybe he was pro Wagner. Maybe yeah. he was pro Pergosian. Yeah. Pro Pergosian, yep, exactly. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> Matty Mitchkov, do not get on a plane, please, for the next three years. Anyway, um, the the Phils are mashing. 52 home runs this month. It's it's absolutely amazing. Can the power streak continue? What do you attribute it to? How are you feeling going into this playoffs? Because I'm ready to fast forward to October. Yeah, well, you got to get there. I mean, there's still 31 games, right? You guys got, there's still a little bit of time. Um and I'm not saying that, that you got to get there as in, oh, they got to make it first because they're going to make it. I mean, there's no doubt. You just have to you have to keep, you know, keep this going. I mean, you're yes. Are they peaking at a good time? I think so. I think that, it, that you know, they're coming into their into their own at the right time. But you also don't want it to be a point where you like run away and hide. And then you have that malaise of like two weeks of games that mean nothing. 
and then you kind of like you know take your foot off the gas a little bit and then all of a sudden you know you know come october 3rd you have to ramp it back up again right i mean you mm-hmm. you actually kind of want and it's interesting like turner was talking about it after the game last night where he said that you know you, you should always bet on a wild card team mm-hmm. um in in the playoffs because the way baseball is set up it, it's set up so that the really good teams get out and they win, and then they have nothing to play for for an extended period of time. But the wild card teams have to be playing. First of all, they have to be playing good baseball at the end of the season. Um, and then secondly, every game matters, so they're already kind of in playoff mode to begin with. Um, and, and then, you know, you get into a playoffs, a short series, and who do you like more in a short series? A team that's already kind of tested themselves or a team that's just been kind of sleepwalking for six weeks? I'll take the team that's being tested themselves, right? And that's what Turner was saying yesterday. So so this is kind of a good time for the Phillies, but it, it, it has to – you don't want – again, you don't want to see all the teams behind them completely fade into the background. You don't want them to get up by 10, 11, 12 – it doesn't do you any good. It's actually probably a better thing if they're kind of, you know, stay within that three or four or five game lead, keep it, it's comfortable, but it's still something that you have to hold on to. I like that. Feels like a little shot of the Braves there by Trey Turner that they're going to, you know, piss down their leg when they come here in October because they've just been, you know, kind of skating by 12 and a half games and stuff. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, look, the Braves offense, one of the best offenses I've ever seen in person. I mean, it's it legitimately is their pitching, though, has not been great. I mean, Strider's been good. But beyond that, they're just been they've just been okay. They've not been bad but they've not been great either and so if you're hitting like the Phillies are hitting right now and you go into a short series with the Braves you know you got a shot like you got a legit shot to beat them especially if you got Wheeler pitching like Wheeler's been pitching Nola pitches like he's pitched the last two games I mean you don't want Nola the inconsistent Nola you want the better Nola Um, if you have that up front and then a solid bullpen and your lineup is hitting they can beat the Braves, and it's not even it's not even a like oh well maybe they have a puncher's chance. No, they can beat the Braves. They just have to be playing up to that level. I don't think the Braves are a perfect team by any stretch of imagination. I I've got a question for you, and I do want to get into the playoff rotation. But before we do that, do the Braves hate Ronald Acuna Jr.? Did you see the video last night? I, I did, and I think it, I think everybody's making a big deal out of this. I really do. Could like, you imagine I, if that was Rojas getting attacked? Or Cassiano's getting attacked. First of all, first of all, getting attacked is where this is the problem. They people popped him, man. He ended up on the ground. Oh, my Lord. But what happened? Let's really break down what happened. And look at the video, okay? And I'm not trying to justify that these idiot fans, what they did, okay? Because they should never run on the field and they should be, they should be, you know, never allowed back in a stadium when you make contact with a player. All right? You, You really shouldn't. But it's not like they went out there to hurt Ronald Acuna Jr. <laughs> dude went out there to hug him. He's on okay, the ground the, right The first guy's out there hugging him, and he's got, like, you know, kung fu grip on the guy. All right? And so the first two moron security guards go out there to try and pull him, pull him off. They can't separate him. And Acuna's standing there kind of laughing about the whole thing happening. Then you got the other dude who comes running in, and he's like skipping like a freaking deer prancing in the in the prairies. Okay, like he's going to do the same thing. And then you have Buddy security guard running to try and get in his way, and the, the whole three of them like they so they kind of collide, and, and and Acuna happens to get bumped and falls to the ground. He gets up, he's fine. It's no big deal. Craig, Craig, can we skip to thirty six seconds, please? I want to see you. This guy who's oh. out for blood. Look at this guy. They need no, he's not out for blood. Guards. Look at him. No, 
Do you think Look he's on behalf of blood? He wanted, to kill him. he wanted to kill Ronald Acuna he's, Jr. Look at him. He wants to, he's mad that he didn't. First of all, he's drunk, but he's mad he didn't get a hug. That's what he wanted. They went on. They ran onto that field. That doesn't look like a guy who wants a hug. We're not talking about the freaking Beatles here, Ant. We're talking about Ronald Acuna Jr. He's a lunatic. This idiot should not be allowed in a baseball game again. But it's not like he's out there to hurt Ronald Acuna Jr. Let's be realistic about this. Can we go back to the beginning again? I just I want to understand what the security guard is doing here. So the first guy goes in and he he grabs him, and then the second guy goes low to to wrap the legs. It's it's like like a and then the third guy. And wait, and and then here we go. This guy is celebrating. Like you saw him come in as on a celebration. He wanted his hug. He's like holding onto his leg like he's a UFC fighter shooting for like a single leg or something, just trying to get the guy to the ground. It's like And I- now here comes here comes the right fielder and left fielder over to help their MVP candidate who has a yeah. surgically structured right yeah. knee ant. Yeah, let's right let's, let's let's turn this into the Braves aren't a good team because they they don't come to the Ada. It's not like know. dude was up there beating on on Ronald Acuna. Brandon Marsh should be barking this, his way out of the dugout. This is the problem with, with this is the problem with people who make a big stink out of this stuff. Look, it's it's not it should not have happened. It shouldn't have happened. Okay, I think and every cop fan and, who comes on, I think every fan who comes on the field should be fair game. That they let me, be okay. absolutely obliterated. Sure, game. absolutely yeah. they should. But let me ask you a question: Was it a problem, Kyle, years and years ago when what's her name used to run on to kiss the players? Oh, the fabulous Gloria, or whatever her name was. What was her name, Kev? Um, she was beautiful. She had big voluptuous <laughs> breasts. I don't think people were pretty uh, intimidated <laughs> by her. If I if I remember correctly, uh, Morgan was it Morgana? Was that her name? Maybe that's it. Might have been it. Might have been the fabulous Morgana. Morgana. Yeah, yeah. So like seriously, like I mean, come on. Not the fabulous uh, Moolah or whatever. No, that was wrestling. She was she was she was ancient. You know what Acuna needs? Have you got have you guys seen the video of um, Messi now has like a private security guard who walks the sidelines? A Navy Seal guy, right? Former Navy Seal who knows like you know krav maga and like jujitsu and all this shit or whatever but the, the funny thing is like he he like he's security in the middle of the game too so when messi is walking up and down the field he walks up and down the side the sides it looks like he's like a linesman with the flag so messi like makes a run towards the goal he goes with him and then when he's just standing around it goes with him he's like shadowing his every his every friggin move it's 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 like incredible to watch i mean like he just literally for 90 minutes he's just going back and forth with them yeah here he is it's really kind of it's really kind of interesting you know because like now he's gonna make a now he's gonna have you know he's offside here but the guy come okay he's looking at the photog he's like where are you going yeah (laughs) it's just like following around and i get it but like here's the thing with that though i hope this doesn't become a trend and I understand why Messi needs it, right? But if I hope it doesn't become a trend, because if it is, then all of a sudden you're going to have all these wackadoo, wild, personal security guys, you know, all around different venues yeah. and yeah. Walk, you know, walking wherever their guy is, and like you know, a lot. Could you imagine like Scott Kingery's lying? guy punches the shit out of a Phillies fan? <laughs> Just like like all of a sudden, like, you know, guy, pitcher beans a guy. All of a sudden, the security guy rushes the pitcher, right? I mean, come on. We're going to get to that point at some point, right? Cool. Yeah. That would be yeah. cool. Know, that would be pretty cool. It yeah. is a little sh- – yeah. I mean, you see those kinds of things. It does make you wonder, though. I mean, like, they screen the people coming into the ballpark. But, I mean, you know, like – if you're in the White Sox. Well, it. yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, well, I, who knows what really happened there? Did that? Did they have has a report come out yet? I haven't seen anything since the other night. Has anything come out to say where the shot was fired from yet, or no? Yeah, it was like fired in like the left field stands and stuff, but the video what? wasn't that great. No, no, but was the gun inside the park, or was it from out? Was it shot I from outside the park? Believe That's what I don't know. so. Because the last the I had seen, it, the last I had seen, it was not said where it was shot from. Yeah. Yeah, I had something I was going to say and then decided not to because I didn't <laughs> want to take us down that, that. I didn't want to take us into a more negative, violent kind of thing. But I, what I will say is that I think we another phone call to Bonte Hill and Joe Shasky is probably warranted. <laughs> oh, my the God. Nine, the Niners fans have stabbed stabbed each other. What else have they done? Dude, I wanted to Eagles fans stab another Eagles fan. I'm sorry. I, like watching that video made me want to puke of that guy going back and stabbing that other yeah. dude like three or four times. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck is going on here? That's insane. Well, this is this is nothing new for California. Look, no. I mean, you guys know this. I mean, yeah. the the Dodgers Giants thing has been beyond ridiculous with fans for many years. This is this is, but you know that was that video was insanity at the in and out. I mean, that was unbelievable. Oh, it looks like we have breaking news here via EJ. Aaron Sipos is gone. Thank God. Matt Areza season? Uh, should they get Matt Areza? We should get uh, Dan uh, Cilia or whatever his name is on the <laughs> program to talk about it. Uh, yeah, no, Aaron Sipos, who's that fucking punt in the Super Bowl, man. I'll tell you what. Um, Aaron Sipos was, at, you know, his peak, his Eagles peak was when he uh, – after he got injured at the Giants game trying to run for a first down, he told some fan to shut the fuck up, right? Didn't he flick him the middle finger as he was going off on the That was the most athletic a punter has ever been in his life. He, he either got blocked or he, or he muffed the snap, and he almost got there. He almost got around the edge and got there, but then he got absolutely obliterated and had to get carted off. But, man, we'll always remember Aaron Sipos. Yeah, um, I don't know the punt god. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna type Ariza into the search bar here and then shield my eyes. Well, I don't give a shit. I mean, the guy was exonerated, right? I don't technically he wasn't exonerated. So I mean, listen, he's the punt god for a reason. He's really good at what he does, but he was exonerated and most uh, you know Philadelphia Eagles Central. Should the Eagles take a shot at Matt Ariza to fix their punter situation? The punt god. Um, and I wanted to ask you a lot of legal nuance to that one that people didn't really care to understand yeah i don't think any eagles fan really gives a shit about the legal process all they saw was exonerated and the guy can boot upon 70 yards and i think they'll yeah. uh they'll agree to have him on after aaron sipas and the uh special teams lost well, i mean look like you know josh sills was found not guilty or whatever and the birds had him back on and you know playing yeah. in the preseason game right so yeah. then he gave up three sacks in the preseason game he looked like shit look at a guy who's been in the legal process for about you know the last uh eight months and i wanted to ask you um, what's your playoff rotation right now for the for the Phils? It's Wheeler, Nola, probably Suarez three, and then I think the four spot is is where the debate will happen. Should it be Walker or should it be Sanchez? Because I think Lorenzen's going to end up in the bullpen, and the reason I think Lorenzen's going to end up in the bullpen is Sir Anthony Dominguez hasn't really been himself all year. Um, yeah, there was an injury kind of in the mix there, but he just hasn't been right. And, you know, outside of Kimbrell, you don't really have another righty that they can rely on with regularity. Jeff Hoffman's done a nice job, but it's more low leverage situations for him. Um, so if you really need a guy, 
you know, in a one run game in the seventh inning and you want a righty righty matchup, are you turning to Hoffman? No, uh, Dominguez would be the guy if he was right, but he hasn't been right. So I think that they want the option, the option of having Lorenzen who has bullpen experience out there. So I do not think he's in your rotation. It, it, the question is, is that, you know, Walker again, looked terrible in the first inning last night and gave gave up a lot of hard hit. I know Thompson said, well, he didn't give up a lot of hard hit balls. No, he did. <laughs> he really did give up a lot of hard hit balls early. But he finds a way. He's a he. The one thing about him is he's a battler, and he finds his way out of trouble. Like he actually like bears down when he has base runners on base and keeps the game close. That's what a number four guy is supposed to do. And so, if you have to start him one game in the NL, you know, C, DS or CS, or you know, eventually if you get to the World Series, you do. And then you have one of those other guys just like ready to go at the first sign of trouble. And that's really just how you have to have to work that number four starter. I mean, they win when Taiwan Walker pitches. Well, they hit for him. You superstition? Are we are we rolling the dice with the superstition there, or are we no. uh, playing playing the using some logic? No. Critical. No, no. I mean, so the thing about the only reason why the, the thing I think that they want to put Sanchez out of the bullpen is, is you have. If you have Wheeler, Nola, Walker, let's just say, is three of your four with with Suarez as the other starter. Um, but three of your four starting pitchers that you're going to use in the playoffs are right-handed. If one of them gets in trouble and you need to go to a guy early that needs to pitch multiple innings, you probably want to throw a lefty because then what you do is you, you, you force the opposition to say, do we want to pinch hit early in our lineup and bring in our right-handed bats? you know, to face the lefty, or do we stick with, you know, our left-handed bats, you know, for a couple innings and and maybe not have as much success in innings four, five, or five, six, or whatever, um, and hope that they get one good at, good at bat late in the game. So it really kind of puts a lot of, lot of pressure to have the opposite-handed guy um, available to come in as almost like a piggyback. So I think that that's, that's why I think Walker probably is is the guy you want there um, and have Sanchez to be available to be that long guy out of the pen. Do you trust Thompson to manage the bullpen effectively? Um, I do. He hit on. Oh, you do. Okay. I was gonna say he oh, hit on I, I, I mean, last year. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I, I so I think what the Phillies have done this year, and this is something I talked about with this with Bob on on crossed up, but um, and, and this is a season long thing that they've done is they've really kind of focused more so on ensuring that their pitchers have health this year than they have on specific game situations. Like there might be times where you sit there and say, well, why did he go to that guy? And and I'll tell you afterwards, well, you know, the, you know, this guy was down or he was unavailable. And you're like, well, look at him and said, well, he just, he only threw yesterday, but he, oh, he threw three and four, you know, one of the third three and four. Okay. And you kind of roll your eyes at that. But then at the same time, now you get to the end of the year and you look at it, and really, they haven't had, knock on wood, any major arm injuries yeah. this year, right? I mean, you've had a, you had Alvarado with the, you know, his elbow thing has been kind of a the one that I think that they're crossing their fingers about the most. But he's back, and he looks and he's throwing hard. The other pitching injuries, there's been a little arm fatigue, there's been a leg injury, but there's like not been anything that's significant, and it's been been because they've been managing them differently. They went to a six man rotation for a little while. So, like, I, I think that they looked at it and said, we're a good enough team. We're going to get to the playoffs, and we want all our guys at peak performance level and not 
wearing out, tired, or pitching through something um, in October. And I think that's been their approach. And so I, I do trust them to unleash the guys the way they want to unleash them when the games matter most. What's the difference between him and – because Girardi got killed for that. Remember that. Girardi did get killed for, for protecting his guys. Girardi never went to the playoffs with the Phillies. So. so it's because the offense is so good, and Girardi could probably manage these guys for the World Series is what you're saying, Ant. No, I'm not saying that at all. See, the one thing that I think that gets lost in baseball as far as like management, managers of games, I, I don't think managers have a, a positive impact on outcomes of games. I think managers can lose you a couple and only a couple, maybe two or three games that a manager can personally lose with decision making. You really can't lose more than that. It, it, it all has to fall on the, the performance of the players. But what the one thing that that often doesn't get measured and we didn't measure it here in Philadelphia with Charlie Manuel until after they won and after he was gone. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that you had a situation. If you look at the way Kapler and Girardi managed Kapler managed, you know, purely by the analytics, didn't really care too much about the players. So the players didn't particularly like that. Girardi was a, was a taskmaster, didn't allow them to be themselves and have fun. And, you know, there were, it was a very strict, clubhouse after a game and this and that they didn't like playing for that thompson just lets them be themselves he's like dude just go out there and be your guys you know i mean there's post-game beers in the locker room every night there's there's a scotch circle with the pitching staff like nola has everybody sitting around in in like this scotch fireside chat and they all sit there after a win and they're toasting each other with a bottle of scotch and telling stories for 45 minutes there's ping pong there's there's a basketball net inside the clubhouse now They, they play dominoes like these guys are just partying they're having a good time and they're winning, and it's because Thompson allows it to happen. So if you're a player's manager with good players, they will perform because you're letting them be themselves, and you're not trying to force something upon them that they don't want to have forced upon them. So there's, there, that's, that's not I, – I, I don't think that's always a thing in every other sport because I think that they're, they're different. Baseball's just different that way. He lets them be themselves, and I think that that, that matters more than anything else. Where has this story about the Scotch circle been? Is has it been getting uh, backsided because Diego, the interpreter, was more important? Which he was. It was a beautiful story. Don't get me wrong. If you, I do want to plug that for you, go read Ann's story on CrossingBroad.com about Diego. Sixty five hundred words. So make sure you're taking a large dump when you do read it. But uh, shout out Got to Kevin for for proofreading that whole thing by the way it's a good good uh opportunity here to say i run crossing broad the same way that rob thompson runs the phillies locker room <laughs> you guys can do whatever the fuck you want to do you know true. when's the last time i've actually assigned anything to anybody it's true I'll, i i will i will sometimes uh text uh kevin and be like me and craig are out in denver <laughs> recording something tonight yeah i don't even know where they're going that's the honest truth like I don't know what mm-hmm. they're doing on any given week. I think you just messaged me one time. You're like, we're going up to like uh, Pottstown for the goat races or something. It's like, sure, mm-hmm. do it. Hey. Anthony, Anthony just dropped 6,500 words in my lap. Can we get this up in two hours? Sure. <laughs> I just want everybody to pause and like think about how rare that is, you know, to have. Love it, Kev. An editor. I appreciate I appreciate it. And and I, it's just what it is. It's, it's we're good. not it's- worthy. Yeah, we're great. not worthy. Who wears death metal shirts too? And <laughs> no, that's know, awesome. That's the... awesome. No, to answer your question, Kyle. I mean, look, I don't think players particularly like stories out there about them drinking, right? Okay, well, I mean, I'm gonna I tell got... you right now, so, we're gonna have to clip that Scotch Circle clip because it's gonna be a great, it's gonna be a great clip. 
Well, it, it happens. I mean, they sit there and, and they toast. Like at the after game, they all sit in a little circle. They got their little glasses of whatever they're drinking. And who's it's good for them. Nose is in, in the, the circle? circle. Is it is it the player? Is it the is it the batters? Is it more? No, the it's guys mostly the, the it's mostly the pitchers. It's mostly the pitchers. It's it's actually it's almost entirely. Pitch. I mean, Josh Harrison used to be part of it when he was with the team, but he was like the only I think he was the only batter that was really part of it. It was um, Nola, Walker, Strom. Um, Strom we, is a Scotch guy. Oh, Strom's right in the middle of it. Uh, Kimbrel, um, uh, who else is in there? Um, oh, I'm, I'm missing. I'm missing somebody. We no, not Hoffman. Um, Wheeler's been part. Wheeler's been part of that. Uh, that circle. Um, it, and, uh, Andrew Vasquez used to be part of it, but he's not there anymore. I mean, so like, no, no. Oh, that's probably that's probably for the best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on, that was too easy. That was too easy. Yeah, you can say that. I'm the one who's got to go into that. I'm the one who has to walk into that clubhouse, Pagan. Okay. Thank you. Nobody clip that. <laughs> Nobody clip that. Let's scrub that from the internet. Um, Let's pretend that was never said. Yeah. <laughs> no, but 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 just to be honest, but Bloody and Hoffman are on. They're on the opposite side of the clubhouse, so they're up by a lot of the. Um, uh, a lot of the uh, Latino relievers. So you got up up at the front, you have Bellotti and you have Hoffman, but you also have Alvarado and Soto and Dominguez. Mm-hmm. Those guys are all up at the front um, of the of the thing. And then so the so the hitters they're all on the back on the one side, and the pitchers are on the side and the back and the other side. So that's that that little that little circle is uh, it's actually pretty good. No, and that's so cool good. because like you you there's that awesome uh, Cruck clip from I, I want to say the early 2000s where he goes back into the the vet training room and he's like we you know Dalton used to sit here Dykstra sat there Schilling sat here and we used to just you know get a pitcher of beer and they used to have the ashtrays in the medical in the medical thing on the wall and we just get some cigarettes and some beer and we would just chill for three hours four hours after the game and that's why we were so good no there's a look there's a beer there's a beer cooler basically i don't want to call it a cooler because they have other drinks in there a beer cooler because they have other drinks in there but they have beers in there and so after a game usually schwarbs grabs one castellanos grabs one and it's, it's not like they're sitting back there pounding beers yeah, and like yeah. getting hammered or anything like that's just kind of like you know you, you just went out you worked your ass off you won a game we're gonna have a beer and celebrate and then they're gonna go home it's not like it's an all-nighter kind of thing yeah. i mean they're they're there for just like a quick thing, but it's like a real little it's it's a real team bonding thing in that club. I don't want to make it sound worse than it. It's a cool thing, I think. I and it's it's it's, it's something about this organization and that they let them players be themselves. And these guys really, really like each other. And it's a culture that's that's just awesome in there right now. Yeah. Have you ever asked a player a question in another language? I have not. I thought I thought about it once when the Flyers had Dennis Seidenberg, and I felt like I could maybe ask him a question in German with I, Rush with Rush Joy. Of no, no, no. It's before I even knew Rush Joy. Okay, All right. uh, yeah. but I Rush, didn't know Rush, that. by the way, knows seventeen languages apparently. Yeah, no, I know a little bit of German, and I thought about it one, and I said, you know what? No, I'm not going to do it. I did ask a question in Spanish once. It was at the it was an international game. It wasn't a Union game. But it was like Venezuela playing. Uruguay or something like that. I'm like, you know, I'm like, like Rube and Ed trying to come up with some kind of angle, something to ask here. And so I like bullshitted my way through some question to one of the guys in on the Venezuela team. And he like smiled real big because he knew I was like a, you know, gringo. And he, but he like answered the full thing back in Spanish, like into the, the, you know, the mic or whatever. And then I just had this uh, guy translated for me and it worked, but it was very weird. I don't know. I felt very strange doing that. 
But I think that it's like to your point, to the point of that story, like it's like probably like much more important than people think about. You know what I mean? Like well, she gets I mean, lost in translation very easily. I know like people hold the phones up and stuff, it's like speaking to Google Translate, you know, and then some bullshit comes out on the other side, you know. Yeah, I mean, look, the the most impressive stuff that I found out about um about Diego, and there were even some things you know, sixty five hundred words, or even some things I did not include. Um, Ooh. but I had a great conversation with Sir Anthony Dominguez uh, about him, and, and like I included the story about him you know, calling him from the Dominican Republic at four o'clock in the morning because he was panicked about a flight. Um, and, and you know, th these are the things that, you know, we don't even think about. And these guys, because they have that, they, that comfort level with him, because they know that here's a guy who is a team employee who can speak English fluently and Spanish fluently, who they can they can lean on and they've built this trust with over like like he's almost like they feel more comfortable talking to him than they would calling the actual travel coordinator at four o'clock in the morning who probably doesn't speak Spanish. I can't say that with 100 percent certainty. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But I mean, I'm just saying you call Diego because that's the relationship that you have and that's the comfort level. So it's stuff outside of baseball. And, you know, he's talked about he talked about he goes to doctor's appointments with them and buys cars with them and he helps them understand their leases like those things are huge. And if you don't have those outside worries, right, if you're if life outside of the clubhouse is smooth, it makes you able to focus on your job easier. If you've got eight million things on your mind about life away from baseball, you may not be as focused on baseball and you don't perform up to the level that you think you can perform at. So I think it's a huge addition or, or it's hugely important, not addition. I mean, he's been there for eight years, but it's it's a hugely important for these players to have that level of comfort in a country where they're not speaking their native language. Is there any stories you kept out that you could tell? No, I mean, there was nothing, nothing like, the, oh my God, I left that out because it was so, you know, mm -hmm. scandalous or anything like that. I mean, you know, I just, I just, I mean, it was long enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to report, uh, here the Braves fans have found Pagan's article about uh oh, let's go. There's a <laughs> woman there's a woman uh named Kristen who says these broads one hundred percent want some clicks. Don't click the article and help them make money, scumbags. Wow. I've never heard a man called a broad before. Is that a thing? I uh, think it's crossing broad. Okay. Yeah, that's what they're probably talking, they're about. talking yeah. about. Okay. Kristen says, My fellow Braves fans, don't click the article and help them make the money. This is 100% for clicks. <laughs> Damn it. Well, fucking shit. They, found they, they found the fucking business model. They found how the sausage was made. These Brace fans, we yeah. don't give them Can't enough get anything credit. past them. Yeah. We, yeah. we don't give them enough credit how smart they are. They you're, just doing this, you're just doing this for clicks. Well, uh, no shit. Right? I mean, um, um, it makes sense now. Philadelphia engagement farming. Right, I, that's my favorite thing. The engagement for we're farming for engagement, as well, if I, people know anything about the business model. You know, it's like uh, I'm going to tell you funny. how your site and your business works. That's my favorite thing. And <laughs> yeah, what do you think of uh, what do you think of that that quote from Matt Gelb's article from the Athletic with ads about um, about Schwarber? I thought it was a little shot at the uh, ovation. If we're if we're if we're uh, we're putting a little context on it, I don't know if anyone yeah. didn't see it. I don't know if it's putting a, a a shot at it, but basically, I think what it is is it's it's his way of saying, 
yeah, look, the, that thing was really cool, right? What you guys did, that's awesome fans. But let's be honest, you didn't do anything to fix Trey Turner. Trey Turner was always this player, and he was always going to do this at some point. It just happened to coincide with the fact that you guys made him feel better about the way he had been playing. I mean, that's really what it comes down to, right? So the $300 million player is good. Breaking news. I thought it was the clapping. I was told it was the clapping it that made Trey Turner good. That's what I was told. Uh, <laughs> look, if you I, if you polled these guys anonymously, and you can and you can uh, you can plead the fifth on this if you want. If you polled these guys anonymously, and you ask them, "Are you tired of hearing about the ovation?" Where do you think they would poll? I would say it would be over fifty percent. Yes, I, yeah. I can't say I can't say what exactly. I won't sit here and say you know, 90%, 100%, like I won't go that far, but I would say more than 50% of them are like, all right, man, like, dude, this guy's a professional athlete and yeah. one of the best players in the game. He's going to hit, and this is what he does. <laughs> yes, and that was my original. It's a little patronizing, isn't it? Like, just the thought of, like, just the thought of, this guy's been doing it for a long time. I mean, he's a great player. Like, you think he, he like, like we, you, you're taking credit, like, all this credit for saving him. Like, that's where I have a problem with that. I thought the ovation yes. was fine. I didn't have a problem with it. It's like, if you want to try to, like, show people that you're not some negative, if, if the trying to show people that the perception of Philly sports fans booing and being negative is not that perception anymore, and you want to try to do something positive, I got no problem with that. I think that's fine. Uh, but then people trying to, like, co opt it and turn it into this thing of, like, we saved Trey Turner and, we saved the season and this and that and whatever. And it doesn't really have to be any more than that. You know, it was a nice gesture. It was something different, but this guy's an adult. He's not some fucking 10 year old. You know what I mean? So you don't have to patronize the patronize him by saying like, we turned you around or something, or we saved you. You know I mean? That's where it gets a little. Yeah. No, I think, I think Schwarber's comment was, I think it was Schwarber might've been Castellanos, but I think it was Schwarber beforehand where he said like it, it made him feel it relaxed. It made him feel a little bit more comfortable in his skin and then it was like okay well now i can go out there and just you know do my thing so yeah did that help that i sure i mean yeah you, you know you're worried that you're going to get your ass booed every time you come into the stadium because you're not living up to expectations and then all of a sudden you show up and hey we're still here with you pal it's okay don't worry about it yeah of course you're going to feel a little bit better but i also think it adds it, it there's a there that could have been a, that's a fine line and it could have gone the other way I mean, it could have just added more pressure. And if he didn't start hitting, then what would the reaction have been by the fans? It would have been visceral the other way. So, like, to me, you know, it was risky. And, you know, it, you know hey, it worked out. It's great. It's awesome. You know, it's, that's that's fantastic. It, it is. And, and, and I'm always going to I'm always going to get labeled the anti Trey guy because I just I just didn't like the ovation. But like, I'm happy that Trey Turner is good because I'd rather my team be good and the $300 million player that we paid be good then just be an absolute black hole in the lineup. I do want to ask you though, and yeah, are we putting They're hot right now? They're playing awesome. Yeah. I, I, I don't remember the last time they, I guess the last time they lost the series was against the twins. Well, no, the Nats, the Nats. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Are we putting too much stock in the fact that they have only played one playoff team since August 4th. Well, let me ask you this. I'm going to, I'm going to make a, a correlation. Okay. Because we had a conversation about a year ago or less, a little less, less than a year ago uh, about the Eagles when they were whatever they were 12 and 0 at the 12 and one at the time, whatever they were. And you were saying the greatest Eagles team of ever they've ever had. And I said to you, and I said to you at the time, 
who have they beaten? And you gave me the story. Well, you just you play who's on your schedule. That's who you play. And if you beat, you're supposed to beat these teams. That's what the Phillies are doing. You take my fucking arguments and use them against me, Ant. <laughs> What's the truth? It's the truth. I mean, really. I mean, look, you you can you're going to play tough teams and you're going to play bad teams. If you're a good team, you're going to beat up on the bad teams and you're going to be about 500 against the good teams. And then you'll be you'll win 90 games in baseball doing that. 90, 90, 90, 95 games in baseball doing that. Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you some names. I'm going to give you a list. OK, tell me who these people are. You're going to recognize a few of them, but just tell me who they are. Jordan Lyles, Angel Zerpa, Zach Greinke, Trevor Williams, Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore, Andres Machado, Dallas Keuchel, Josh Winder, Brant Hedrick, Pablo Lopez, Griffin Jacks, Jordan Balazovich, Johan Duran, Kevin Gosman, Corey Abbott, Scott Alexander, Sean Jelly, Camilo Doval, Alex Cobb, Miles Mikolas, Dakota Hudson, Andre Palante, Drew Rom, and Lucas Giolito. That's the St. Joe's prep graduating class. <laughs> Those are the 25 pitchers who Trey Turner has gotten a hit off of this month. It's not exactly a, uh, you know, uh, an all-star list. Yeah. I, mean, yeah, I mean, look, there's a couple of good pitchers on there, right? You give them credit. You know, you got, you know, hey, Josiah Gray was an all-star for the Nats this year. He's given up 204 hits and 137 innings, or 204 base runners in 137 innings, but he was an all-star this year, right? And, you know, you know Gosman's a good pitcher, and um, Giolito's been a, a nightmare since he's with the Angels, but before he got to L.A., he was having a good year. Um, so, I mean, there's a few of them in there. That's good. That's great. But the reality of it is, is that he hasn't exactly going out there and lit up the world against good pitching, but that's okay. You're it's good that he's hitting bad pitching. If you're struggling against bad pitching. That would be a problem, right? So that's also another reason why the Phillies have 52 home runs this month, right? It, they're facing bad pitching. It's, but it's good. It's a good thing. This makes you feel better about it going into the playoffs, but let, let me be honest with you. You're going to face good pitcher after good pitcher after good pitcher in the playoffs. And so your pitching has to be better than their pitching. That's why it always comes down to pitching in baseball. I would like to end on this topic unless somebody else has something more. Another Eagles I have one thing. more thing, but I like this topic. Okay. Do you, was it a Phillies thing? No, it can be after this. Oh, okay. Um, so I don't know if people saw this the other day, but um, you know, every year if you're an Eagles season ticket holder, you get like a package that has kind of like a gift in it. Um, this is pretty common for all the teams where like <laughs> – you know, it's, a, it's just something they send you before the season that's got like some, you know, typical like unique stuff for for the for the best customers, the highest paying customers, you know. So you get like, a, um, you know, a bag or, a you know, something that says season ticket holder on it or whatever. And the, the gist is that Eagles fans have kind of been like underwhelmed with this for the last uh you know, a couple of years or whatever that there's some, their their complaint is basically that some cheap shit is thrown in there, you know. So this was uh, the season ticket member gift this year. It's a flag, Kelly Green flag that's a season ticket member. You have on the top right there, you have a, like a magnet that's a oval, ovular uh, Kelly Green magnet. Then you have a, a Duncan. That's a, car, that's a car magnet, right? That's like what you put on the back of your car. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And uh, there's a Dunkin' Donuts uh, ad 
in their promo, what are we even calling that? A sponsor card or something? There is a f- official hoagie of the Philadelphia Eagles Wawa card that has a 20% off catering thing, I'm told. There is a uh, mortgage something or other fucking thing up there. There's two football cards on the left. Um, and then there's a triple A sponsor thing. And it looks like there's uh, there's two notes, like postcard looking things, which is messages for season ticket members. Um, but that's what they got. If you look at the very top of the flag, you see like some white stuff on the flag that's leftover tape or like glue or something like that. Uh, because they said that they they folded. You can see the flag is folded. I guess they folded everything oh. in there. And then Wait, they, they folded this like it was like a hobo folding something over a, over a stick. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't believe we could say hobo anymore. I think we have to say unhoused, unhomed. Oh, fuck off, hobo. Uh, so they have, uh, so it's like, you know, the residual tape from holding this thing together. And then apparently they just put the packing slip or, or you know, whatever on top of it. So, you know, some people are just like, well, this is weak. This is like BS. You know, I, I don't, uh, you know, a lot of com- complaints that they just don't. Um, well, what are your thoughts on it? Time and effort in it. Huh? What are your thoughts on it? Um, I think it's, I think all you have to do is send like the flag and the magnet and like a nice, like little note or something like that and call it a day. I mean, those are unique. You're a season ticket member. I think it gets tacky when you put like the Dunkin' Donuts thing in there and like the AAA card or whatever. You know, it's almost, it's almost like they're at like Novacare and the marketing department just has a bunch of shit laying around. They're like, what can we do with this? Yeah. Oh, I know. Let's put it in like the season ticket holder yeah. gift there. I mean, these are people who spend like thousands of dollars every year. Um, your most loyal customers who are at the top of a list, a waiting list that goes what tens of thousands deep, right? You know, so but the, the, the counter argument to that is like the Eagles don't have to do anything, right? They've got fans lining up who would love to be season ticket. They don't do they have to do anything for them? No, but likewise, do they have to have an open practice? No, do they have to? Um, do they did they have to do training camp at Lehigh? No, and at the end of the day, if the team's winning and they're good, that's what people care about, but it's almost mm-hmm. like I don't know. This little stuff kind of adds up for me, the little fan stuff, where it just kind of like is a little tacky. It's like, okay, like the fans put a lot into you. So like, is it too much to ask to kind of put a little bit back into them and and show some reciprocity for for their loyalty and conviction? And yeah, I mean, I I kind of agree with Kev. Look, if you're if you're going to do something, you should you should do you should do more if you're not going to do something that's okay too um but like you know look and the phillies get away with it because they have like giveaway days and stuff or they give they they have all kinds of like like little trinkets that people can get throughout the year and so if you're a season ticket holder you're gonna get all of them right i mean those are cool and then they have other experiences for season ticket holders and things like that but these are just like this is like just like a little thank you package for them you know if you're going to do something make it just a little bit a little bit better that's all i would say I, yeah. I don't have i don't have a problem with what they did i just don't yeah either either exactly what, what ford just said come EJ, with something a little bit better or don't EJ's right it. here it looks like something you'd get for running a 5k like you finish the broad street yeah. run it's like here's a bag with some shit in it you know it's, what i mean or like the media baseball team shows up to the game the other night here's what we had laying around in the offices at citizens <laughs> bank park or whatever. it's almost yeah. like offensive to throw the dunkin donuts donuts thing and i'd rather just send me the flag and the magnet okay cool let's get on with the season it looks like the grandma's candy bowl of uh, of giveaways. Yeah, it yeah. looks like the stuff here. I'll tell you what it looks like. You're gonna find the butterscotch. You're gonna find the strawberry in there. Sometimes you might find the little uh, the the one with the 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 caramel with the with the with the vanilla in the middle of it. Damn! It looks like the random shit that I just keep on hand to save for fans for like giveaways. You know, like oh, we have a water bottle here. You know, and like oh, here's a pen. 
here's an yeah. NRG pen. You know, you know, it's like stuff that's like, hey, cool, you know, whatever. Like, here's a here's a koozie, you know? Yeah. You ever go to a conference and you just go around to all the tables? Yeah. <laughs> you're just picking up pens, you're picking up koozies, you're picking like, up all here's that. A, here's a Kyle. Oh, these are actually cool. I'll actually give these away at some point. Here's like a Kyle Schwarber limited edition, like Philly standard T-shirt for yards or something, you know? But like, I, you know what I'm saying, though? It's almost like it's like like tacky in a way because it's like if you're gonna do something do something but if you if you don't how do i get on that mailing list you, you know i don't know I, maybe when you're an editor you get all the shit <laughs> <laughs> hey the phillies the phillies give us the the giveaways in the press box i know what do you do with the moment you, then I, you save them you know bryce harper funk i think i have it yeah right yeah here. i was I, there was a woman who uh was sitting in front of me at the ballpark on sunday who had a Funko, who was definitely not 14 years or under and definitely did not have a child. And she wasn't really securing her Funko. And there was, I was a couple of beers deep and I thought about maybe snagging the Funko. Yeah. I don't think it's that. I don't think it looks much like Bryce, to be honest. It doesn't with you. look anything like Bryce Harper. <laughs> I mean, they, they should have gone with like the fanatic sneak, the fanatic cleats. Right. And he's not wearing the, not wearing the arm sleeve, you know, the shiny belt. Like there's a few things they could have done better. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I got it. Congrats! They, they they give them out. They give them out to all the all the media. We got all those things. But yeah, I I agree with Kev. I would just wrap it up by saying this: like at the end of the day, does the season ticket holder gift really matter? No, it probably doesn't. Like the teams, the best gift that you can have is to put out a team that wins, right? You know, so I'm sure they're fine with that. But it's almost like don't give the season ticket holders stuff that you get at some. <clears throat> Any, yeah. any random event, you know what I mean? Like throwing a Dunkin' I'm spending $4,000 on my seats this year. I don't want a Dunkin' Donuts card or like a AAA card. Or so at least just like consider the, isn't there somebody in the marketing department sitting there saying like, yo, this looks like tacky as shit. You know? I think each sport has to think about their season ticket holders a little bit differently. And because you I you may know that I have tried to defend the season ticket holders who complain in hockey probably more than I would defend other season ticket holders. And the reason that is, is because hockey teams, you know, the, 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 the revenue in hockey is primarily from the gate. I mean, the majority of their revenue is gate related, whereas the other sports, because they have more lucrative television contracts and, and a lot more advertisers and things along those lines, they make more money elsewhere. I mean, and, the the fly- and the Flyers don't have the Eagles waiting list for season tickets. Correct. It's not like if they have 3,000 disgruntled people, they just replace them with 10,000. Know, right, people. exactly. So so for the Flyers, I say don't, don't screw over your season ticket holders, right? You know, don't resell the tickets at a lower price than your season ticket holders paid for because they're sometimes going to put theirs out on secondary market and they can't get anything for it. Now, they ended up losing money and you've just pissed them off. So things like that, like don't piss off your season ticket holders. And nobody should piss off their season ticket holders. But I think that other sports, especially the Eagles, they don't have to go to the lengths it seems like the Flyers do to make their season ticket holders happy. Their season ticket holders want to be there because it's the it's the NFL, yeah. it's the Eagles, and they just want to see them frigging win. That's why they're season ticket holders. Yeah, yeah. It's no, like, look, no, if you if fine. there's no more Lehigh, fine. Okay. There's no open practices, whatever. You got to pay $10 to open practice, whatever. Okay. You're going to give us jack shit in the season ticket. Okay. Well, each of those things individually is not is nothing. But, I, I, you know, you start to, like, add them up, and it's like. Well, you, you know, know what? I'm taking myself off the wait list now. <laughs> I'm tired of this, the way the Eagles are treating the fan base. No Lehigh, no open practice. By the way, season ticket holder stuff. Uh, by the way, Pagan, how how come it is that every time I come on this show that you you are saying, and is this maybe this is all the time, and maybe it's just I happen to walk into it every time. 
you always say something that's going to offend somebody. <laughs> because I woke up today and I just wanted to get in the mud. That's what. That's what I did. I wanted to get in the mud with Fritzy. I wanted to get in the mud with Ed Kratz. <laughs> I wanted to get the mud with everything today. I wanted to get in the mud with you. As I, you use I, the term, you use the term hobo. Yeah. I hope to get the fuck out of here with the hobo. Jackson, Jackson Pollock would be proud of that. Unhomed. Right. We're using unhomed is what we're using now on the website. <laughs> now, five minutes after I published the thing about there's no AJ Brown versus De- Devontae Smith, Pagan's got to relitigate the Trey Turner thing. So, you know, we're going from this end of the spectrum on the site to this end of the spectrum with like five minutes apart. You know, I've got opinions and you're all going to hear about them. All right. <laughs> There's a reason why the Phillies don't let me on their PR list. It's uh, <laughs> another story for another time. For another day, we'll get that. We'll get that figured out one day. Maybe yeah, one day. I'm sure we will. I'm yeah. in next in line for the uh, for the credential. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, we've already gone to ten minutes over. I wanted to play immaculate grid with you guys, but we can hold that off for another time. Is it baseball immaculate grid? Because I can't do shit with that. No football. Oh, football. Okay. Can I tell you how much I hate immaculate grid? Why? Because it's really, it's really, to me, it's simple. Okay, it, fine. Here you go, Craig. I'm going to send you the link right now. No, Let's no, no, it, no, no. It's what I mean by this is that it's, you're like an encyclopedia. Of, it's not even. You don't have to be an encyclopedia. Like it's so. Really, what it ends up becoming is, is it easy to get all of them correct? Yes. No. Is it? E- yes, it is. Is it easy to get the uh, what? What do they call it? The rarity score. Okay, that's where you got to become more of an encyclopedia. But if you do what we do, right, and you're in the business and you're trying to come up with you know all these players, it's like Aaron Rodgers, middle square, Jets, Jets. Uh... Right, exactly. And I'm sure ninety percent of the people have probably put that or eight, whatever, some really ridiculous number of people put Aaron Rodgers. Okay, fine. Give me a former Jets. Although, although technically he may not be in there, and the reason oh, he's that's not so see, okay, you know what, Ant? This you're correct. He, now this is a dumb game. It is. It's dumb. Just because he hasn't made a start yet doesn't mean Aaron Rodgers isn't on the Jets. Like I, this is stupid. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll. I look. You could try it, but I, I think I, he just did, and it didn't work. Oh, it did. He did try it. Okay, so yeah. All right, screw this. Yeah. Get this game off my off my feed. See, you're right, Ant. I was wrong. It's, it's I apologize. <laughs> what a segment that was. The immaculate was, grid sucks. <laughs> there you go. I don't know if you have any immaculate grid fans that you have to uh, that I offended right there, or friends that work on it. But. Now I know you guys aren't baseball guys, but I'll tell you the one that I do enjoy, and it's not like a one you can do by yourself. You actually got to watch the watch the video, but it's fun. Um, but baseball. Uh, in uh, John Boy Media actually puts it out. What they do is they sh- they take a um, uh, a snippet of a player's um, baseball reference page. They don't sh- show you anything biographical. They just show you their career stats, like season by season with the team. So you can see the years that they played. You can see the teams that they played for, and you can see the position. And then you see their statistics, and you got to figure out who they are. Yeah, they do the one with Trey. Yeah, it was, that's that's now that to me is fun. Right, that's a fun one to try and figure out who the, that player is. And they do easy, medium, hard. Right, and the easies and the mediums I usually get. The hards are a little bit tougher. I don't always get the hards, but I mean th- that to me is at least entertaining because you're you're really trying to. It's like answering a trivia question. The the grids are like, dude, just if you watched just generic amounts of the sport, you'll know. And the fact that everybody needs to share their answers with you. Like I don't care that you got them, that you got all mine. Oh, it's right? like the wordle. Yeah, here's the wordle like, of the day. Like, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care that you got all nine right. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter. I'm not good at it. I I I can only name like two Detroit Tigers anyway. So. The worst one is the hockey one. 
And the reason I say that is because how many guys have played for like 86 teams in hockey? I mean, it's ridiculous uh, how many, yeah. how often they change teams in hockey. It's yeah. so bad. They should do one just for the coaches, just for the retreat. I want, you know what I want them to do? I want them to do one where you have to pick, where you put the same logo on both sides, so flyers and flyers, and you have to pick players who've played for the team at two different times in their career. Oh, that's interesting. Do that one, and I yeah. think that would be fun, yeah. right? But not. Yeah. I mean, if you play, so many guys have played for so many teams in hockey, you know, it's just it's crazy. And is it is it world champions or is it United States champions? Did you see that guy with the Noah Lyles, the track star? Yeah, we didn't even get into that. Huh? No, I missed this. What's this? You, you missed this? Yeah, I missed this. Can you play the quote for him, Craig? World champion of what? The United States? You know, the thing that hurts me the most is that I have to watch the NBA finals and they have world champion on their head. World champion of what? <laughs> the United States? Don't get me wrong. What a dope. I, I love the US at times. What a dope. <laughs> but that ain't the world. That is not the world. We are the world. Let's put the Denver Nuggets up against uh, Olympiacos. Dude. Yeah, who's going to win that? Because that's, that's oh, a, oh, wait, and who's the best player on the Denver Nuggets? Foreign. Serbia. Where's yeah. he from? Serbia. Serbia. Is he American? No, Come on. The reason is the reason the reason you're the world champions is the best league in the world. Yeah, let's do a World Cup to a Club World Cup. Then we'll take the NBA winner versus the Euroleague winner, I mean, and on, we'll do so Denver best. Nuggets versus Real Madrid in the best of seven. You know. <laughs> And we'll name it the Olympics. A lot of anti-American bullshit people jumped into that thing and were like, oh, yeah. You yeah, come on. But that's man. the same that's thing. That, that would be like us calling the MLS world champions. And it'd be like, well, what about the EPL? And what about La Liga? It's like yeah. nobody. Well, we're, uh, yeah, but I mean, we wouldn't. We wouldn't. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's like demonstrably, it's demonstrably true that the NBA is the best league in the world. And therefore, we can probably safely assume that they would also defeat but they would Any just be the best Asian team and the best, you know, whatever. Yeah. Do you think the Chiefs versus the Argonauts, who do you got? That's a tough well, where is it being played? You know who uh, you know the closest one is 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 baseball. Yeah. And I still think World that the, I, yeah. well, but no, but I would still say that whoever wins the World Series would probably beat whoever wins the, you know, the Japanese league or you know, whatever. Yes. Um but I I would bet you that that's a series at least. I don't know because you got the Japanese. Uh, you would say they beat the Japanese, not the Japanese All Stars. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The team that wins the Japanese, right? It's a team versus team. It's not. You're not sitting there saying the All Stars of that team versus one team that's over here. That's a little bit different. Yeah, I don't. I don't think like I. I think that the Houston Astros would <clears throat> come out on top against the Yummy Over Giants, Rakuten Golden Eagles, or whatever. Right? You know. So yeah. no disrespect to them. But uh, let's be honest here. Like a lot, a lot of people just jumped on that because they wanted to spew some anti-American bullshit, which is whatever. If you have your agenda, that's okay. It was like a rallying cry against American exceptionalism, you know. But in this case, we would beat the shit out of you using two foreign guys. So greatest yeah. country in the world. <laughs> it is the best league in the world. That's demonstrably true. Yeah. Anyway, greatest country in the world. Before I sound like more of a MAGA. Yeah. You know what? Fuck everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> All the other seven guys. <laughs> fuck them. All right. <laughs> because I hope why? You guys don't have any, uh, any, any, uh, 
any expats or any friends that are German or Russian or French yeah. or anything, because fuck them. All right. Fuck them. Yeah. Well, we're ending on a strong note here. I'd like to thank Anthony for coming on. I'd like to thank <laughs> Ford, EJ, everybody in the chat. <clears throat> we're actually pretty down the middle and all that stuff. So but I just get yeah. fired up. I get fired up when people uh, criticize the, the stars and the stripes and wasp. Yeah. Hey, and where do you think Boucher is going to reside this uh, winter? He's going to be down in Florida and flying back, or you think he's going to reside in <laughs> Marlton, <laughs> New Jersey? Yeah, well, first of all, he's based in Rhode Island. That is so good, Craig. That is so freaking oh, good. That conversation took – I almost fell asleep. Uh, Pagan admitting that he doesn't give a shit about the Flyers. He doesn't I do care not. Doesn't care about Flyers fans. You're no different than the talk radio stations, Pagan. <laughs> just alike. You're just alike. I don't, no, I've already offended them. I don't think they want me anywhere near them. Yeah. So, well, let me uh, know if you want to publish another ovation, Trey Turner ovation story at any point. We'll get yeah, I think I'm there. good probably until the yearbook comes out and then the yearbook being 40 minutes of ovation stuff because we didn't win the World Series. That's probably the next thing I'm going to hammer. As long as you don't turn into one of those Eagles guys who, who when Trey Turner goes like, oh, for four, you come out and say, so I told you. No, I, I've been. But, that. that's, but I you can't do that because you were buying stock when everybody else is not. I can't lose this argument. I'm yeah. anti-ovation, but I've always been pro Trey Turner. I literally have have made the the strongest argument. So, and like I think the Eagles fans, out. yeah, the Eagles fans waiting for the Super Bowl loss just to say, "I told you about Jonathan Gannon all year long." You know? No, I think I think Kyle's right on this one. Yeah, Jonathan Gannon good. might go one in fifteen. By the way, he's not naming well, a starting it, not naming a starting quarterback. <laughs> well, he's got a fifth gonna, rounder, or he's got. I'm going to go ahead and reveal something for everybody here. I'm going to go ahead and tell you something about the Arizona Cardinals. They're not trying to win this year. Yeah. So no. it's Caleb Williams or bust for them. Yeah. 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 They, 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 they watch the game. Like everybody watched the game on Saturday and we're like, you know what? I think that guy's going to be the number one overall pick. So this is not, this year is just a, like a, what do the kids take these days? They take gap years, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Lazy assholes. Um, this is a gap year. This is a gap year for Jonathan Gannon, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Hey, Thanks for coming on, Ant. We really appreciate you. Yeah, anytime. As always, we will. Uh, I'm going to go work on another 7,000 word story for you, Kevin. Oh, all right. I'm going to no. go play Immaculate Grid. <laughs> I'm going to throw Aaron Sipas on the site and then I'm going to get lunch. All right. All right. Talk to you. We'll see you guys. See you boys. Bye.